Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 27. The biggest privilege that I have had in a very long, long time since I am such a fan of our amazing guest today, the personal branding guru William Aruda. Inc. Magazine says he's the father of personal branding. Time Magazine calls him a leader in his field. Forbes says he's a charisma booster and entrepreneur dubbed him the personal branding guru. I'm not going to do too much of an introduction today since I know that you, my fearless friends, are pretty much aware with William's amazing work in personal branding. So I'm going to let him do the whole talk. Welcome, William, and it is such a pleasure having you with us today. It's truly my pleasure, Roxana. Thanks. William, can you please start by sharing with us how has this wonderful journey with personal branding has begun for you? Well, um, it actually began in 1997, and so um, so technically, I know I know Inc. calls me the father of personal branding, but I am not. The father of personal branding is Tom Peters, and he wrote an article in uh, the July 1997 issue of Fast Company. It was a cover story. It was called The Brand Called You, and in it, for the first time, the concept of personal branding was introduced to the world, this idea that we... We all need to dig in, inside ourselves and understand what makes us unique and valuable and use that as a way to advance our careers and increase our happiness at work. And I read the article, I, you know, I was in the middle of writing a report, I was kind of getting bored, and I, I went out um, and on my assistant's desk was a copy of the magazine, and I picked it up and I read the article and I put the magazine down and said, I'm going to start a personal branding company. So that, that was the beginning of the journey. I have my entire career after I started my personal branding company um, is really thanks to Tom Peters and his brilliance and his foresight uh, around this topic. Wow. They talk about taking decisions on the spot. You were very impressed. Yeah. Although, you know what? I took the decision, but I didn't. This is the interesting thing about it. Literally, I thought, you know, I, I, by the way, I loved my job. I worked in the coolest company with the coolest people. And, you know, Sunday night, I'd be excited because I got to go to work again the next day. Um, and so I was kind of deciding, you know, when, when am I going to do this? Because I'm actually happy in, in my job. And the next week, my, my manager said to me, hey, uh, do you want to go run branding for Europe? Um, and I thought, oh my gosh, move to Europe, start a personal branding company. What do I do? So I moved to Europe. And so I, I lived in London uh, for a couple of years. And then I lived in Paris for several years. And then finally, the pull to personal branding was so strong that while I was in Paris is when I actually quit my job. And well, I, I actually I got myself on a layoff list um, and I saved one of my people. And then I, um, I left and I started my company in Paris, believe it or not, which was... Um, Maybe not the best decision ever, but nonetheless, that's kind of how it happened. Wow. I'm really impressed by this amount of action that you took. You liked it. You did it. You didn't wait for anything else to happen. And can you maybe please share with us, since many of our audience is um, around their 30s and maybe they're thinking into moving into entrepreneurship, 
was this journey in a way challenging for you going forward the safe from the safe job to having your own business exceptionally challenging frankly yeah it was you know what I, i i think that if i knew honestly how hard it was going to be i don't know if i would have had the courage to jump off If, if I'm being really honest about it, because I wasn't just leaving a business to do what I was doing in the corporate world. I was leaving a business to start an industry that nobody knew existed. Nobody, nobody knew what personal branding was. Nobody wanted any of it. No, certainly there wasn't a person who wanted to buy any personal branding. So I was really taking a huge leap of trying to introduce this concept to the world that I was really passionate about, but nobody really thought about it. And so it was a really challenging start. And then the other thing I think that I did, you know, in retrospect, everything is easy, right? But um, if I had spent six months before I left kind of making my plan, I, I would I would have been in a different place when I started. But I literally worked at my company one, one day, at the company I was working for one day. Mm-hmm. The next day, I was like sitting at my desk you know, oh, now I have a personal branding company. What do I do? So, so I spent a lot of time building, building my methodology. And, uh, you know, I, I, I knew what I wanted uh, to do with personal branding. I had a lot of ideas about um, how it could be valuable, but I needed to do research and I needed to, uh, you know, create my, my, my structure and my framework and my process and, and all of that kind of work. So I, I probably spent that first year mostly Uh, just defining my offering and um, and starting to try to get people excited about it. Wow. And, you know, I'm so glad that you took this leap of faith since now you are the branding personal <laughs> guru. You are the personal branding expert that everyone goes to. And your work has been so impressive. And in my own business as well. And I just told you how... <laughs> mind-blowing it was for me to find out that okay business is about who I am it's a part of my personality my needs my values and by the way um, what would you say that your biggest motto or a quote would be what is the one that you are following in life uh, oh, my biggest one without question what makes you unique makes you successful Right. I, I am I am on a mission to um, completely eliminate conformity. Uh, conformity is the enemy of innovation and conformity. It, it, it just zaps our energy and our uniqueness and our authenticity. Uh, when, and, and that used to be the world of work, right? And even, even up to the 1950s and 60s and 70s, people would, would, you know, head to the office and they'd leave who they are at the door and they would go in and behave a certain way. This is how we do things around here. And then um, when they leave, they'd pick up who they are and, and go home. And we lived this crazy life where we were only ourselves part of the time. And, and that's, it's stifling, it, it's uninspiring, and it's, it's, it, it's just, it's not good uh, for, your, for your mental and physical health, right? And I, I think we're living in a time now where, where people have embraced um, their individuality and they're willing to bring that to work. And, and they, they don't succeed despite it, they, just, they succeed because of it. And I think that it's, it's, um, that's the only thing we have to offer is our unique value. 
right? That's that's what we can offer the world, and we just need permission, or or I say the mandate to actually do that. Being unique at a job could happen maybe in a few places because yet this is how I'm imagining things. I was employed. I was a manager for eight years and a half. It took me eight years to move away. I took the decision kind of fast. I didn't like it at all. And I was not unique in any way there. So hearing you say that you like your job, which is amazing. I'm loving your mindset because maybe you are the fourth person that I'm talking to that actually says that they like their job. Maybe <laughs> you had this... Um, uniqueness part missing maybe you could not be fully who you were and then you needed some place to shine at your true value what, what would you say about this uh, well i would say you know what my entire career until the job that i actually left to do this that was the case i i, I literally um you know conformity was the the mantra in most of the organizations i, I worked for I'll, i'll tell you a story i was, I was working at this organization i won't mention its name and, and um, uh, I was going through my, my annual review with my boss. It's the job that I had before the one that I loved that I left. And um, my, my manager, he's, you know, you're great. You, 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 you know, you got an exceeds, everything's great. Um, and, you know, just, just one thing that you could improve. And I said, Oh, tell me, what could I improve? And he said, you know, you're a little too enthusiastic. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you know, you're in a meeting and someone brings up an idea and you're you're all excited about it. And you, uh, you know, you talk about like how it could become something bigger. And he's like, we, we don't get excited about things here. You know, it, it, it's it, it's too much for other people to to process. And I swear this is this is what happened. And I, I was I was just like, okay. And so then, you know, when your manager tells you something and I was young in my career and maybe not as confident as I am now, I was thinking, okay, so what do I, like my next meeting, you know, how do I dampen my enthusiasm? I thought, well, I could sit on my hands. In fact, you know, I'm Southern European. I'm a, I'm a gesticulator. I don't sit on my hands. And I literally, I said, I'll count to 10 before I say something. And, 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 and then and same day, same, and this is how old I am. You're going to, the story's going to, Going to really age me. I, I get in my car to drive home. Um, to I'm living in Boston, but my company was the company was outside of Boston. And I'm and I'm driving home, and, and this is this is the the aging part. Um, this was four cell phones, but they had car phones. And I had a car phone, and um, my friend Susan, who lived on the West Coast, she knew um, uh, what my drive time was, so she'd often call. And so, so the, the phone rings, and I pick it up. And it's my friend Susan. I'm like, Susan, I'm so happy to hear from you. Blah blah blah. And she said to me. That's why I call you, because you're always so excited and happy. And it was the counter to what I had just heard a few hours earlier. And that was it in my head. It was one of those moments, you know, you, you, you look back at all your aha moments that create, you know, the big things that you do in life. And that was a moment I was like, you know what? It, 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 it's not it, it's it's maybe I don't belong there. And that's fine if that's what they want. But I shouldn't not be that because that's what people in general appreciate in me. So. So anyway, so I think that that's what you, if you just pay attention to the messages you get like that in life, um, they, they guide you to, 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 I think, put more of who you are into what you do. This story is both extremely funny, but also sad because, you know, that's fortunate that you were present enough 
to keep your authenticity and to know, okay, this is a place that I don't belong anymore, although I'm pretty sure that you had many reasons to be there since you enjoyed your, your work there. But yeah, I'm thinking how many of us, and I'm also referring to myself now, I had no idea who I was when I left that office. I had to rediscover myself completely. What do I like? What are the things that are important for me in life, in business, in my career, in my family life? And it's an amazing story for people to to think about and to maybe get um, your thoughts in order and see if anything similar has happened to you in the past. Because indeed, conformity needs to be the number one thing in other people's company because it's their job, it's their work. Thank you for sharing this with yeah. us, William. Would you say... Yeah, well, you know, I, I, just just continuing on that, just, just, just slightly, I think that the, um, uh, being an entrepreneur uh, forces you to be a lot more, to, to, to think a lot more about things, right? When you work inside a company, a lot of stuff gets done for you. A lot of stuff is, you, you just, you know, things that there's an inertia and things just kind of move. And so I think that you spend less time being self-reflective or, or, or really being, um, you know, getting opinions from others and whatnot. But when you're an entrepreneur, you, you need to be really inquisitive and you need to be self-aware and open and listening to things. And I think that's a, that's one of the benefits when I moved from the corporate world to, to being an entrepreneur that I didn't even think about is, is how much more it makes you think about, you know, who you are, what you do, how you do it, the value that you deliver. Um, because it's almost prescribed when you're in an organization, but uh, on your own, you, you kind of need to figure it all out. So uh, it's, it's, a, it, it's, there's a lot of great things that, that come from leaving the corporate world and becoming uh, an entrepreneur. You only got to be your best self and your best professional self, obviously. And could you maybe please share with us what is the best thing that you like about branding besides the uniqueness? Uh, the thing that I like about it is, is um, it, it's almost a, um, a, a roadmap to being able to achieve your life purpose uh, because everything comes back to uh, when you think about your brand and the different elements that make it up, right? Your values and your passions and your differentiators and your goals and your purpose and your, um, did I miss one? Uh, <laughs> when you, when you look at all those elements, you, you need to, it like they help define who you are and how you go to market every single day. So uh, you, you kind of have a roadmap and you ask yourself, am I staying on brand? Am I staying off brand? And, and there's, there, there's some guardrails there that help you kind of stay on track and help you achieve what you want to do in life. And, and I, I think, and maybe they even help you define it. If, if you had asked me before I started my personal branding company, was my life purpose to help people, um, you know, contribute in a positive, unique way and and be fulfilled from the, the work that they deliver I don't know if I would have said that that was my life purpose um, but but when I when I left and part of it's because I'm working in personal branding but part of it's also because when you are running your own show um, you almost feel that responsibility of, of making that contribution to the world and, and and being yourself so um, I think I think it gives you some 
some guardrails and, and maybe a path to follow. You need to make decisions along the way, right? That path could go anywhere. But um, but I, I think it's a, a little bit comforting to know once to, you know, and you, you got to do the work to get the clarity on your brand. I, th- I think one, so one of the things that's been the best for personal branding has been the internet and social. In fact, until 2003, so I started my business in 2001. Um, from 2001 to 2003, there was zero business in personal branding. And, and maybe, you know, now I look back and I say, how lucky was I to have two years to really hone my methodology and come up with my marketing and business plan and, and do all of that? It's not good when you're, you know, looking to pay your bills, but it's really good for being able to have time to do that stuff. Um, but then in 2003, LinkedIn launched and all of a sudden everyone realized, oh, you know what? I have to have this visible presence that's way beyond, you know, writing it on a resume and mailing it into the five companies I might want to work for. And then that's where people's, you know, the mind started thinking, you know what? Maybe I do need to manage my, my career. So I think that the, the internet's been good for it. My, my big uh, concern and, and, and maybe complaint, maybe that's a strong word, um, has been that a lot of people don't do that, the most important work in personal branding, which is figuring out what your brand is. Now that it's so easy to throw stuff online, their full-time job is just like, you know, let's be visible, let's be visible, regardless of what you're being visible about, who you're being visible to, whether any of it has consistency. So uh, I would say it's been incredible. It's been a boon for my business when, you know, social media took off. And at the same time, it's, it's, it's some people are skipping the most important step. You got to figure out real you before you can uh, communicate the virtual you. I love this, William. Thank you so much for mentioning this because many people that I'm talking to, young people and maybe not that young that are into business, into um, their careers a lot. They think that branding is something to do only for young people, a complete misconception. And they also think that you need to have a business in order to be branded. Can you please tell us, since you are the father of it all, what is personal branding exactly and who is it for? Yeah, it's pretty much for anyone in the world um, who has a com- competition. And that, with it, maybe with the exception of the Queen of England, where she's the only person for that job, um, we all have competition. And, and it, whatever your job title is, whatever company you have, there are other people who do it. And by the way, if you don't have competition, it, it's a pretty hard place to be because competition is there because there's demand for whatever that is. So if you have no competition, there's no demand for what you do. And, and so if, if you have competition and you're all exactly the same, then no one's going to pick you, right? But but offering something that's unique and valuable and different is what's going to make people find you. I'll tell you, you know, we were talking before before we went live about when I was in Bucharest um, and, and I had an amazing time and I was delivering a keynote and talking about branding and, and, um, and afterwards we had a dinner and I was sitting at this table of, of some of the participants who were there and they were just great and fascinating and we had this amazing conversation and and. I will tell you, I have never met a group of people who were so passionate about brand and branding ever, ever, like in, in my entire career up to then. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm just so shocked at how, how much this concept of branding means to you and how much you love it. And this one person said to me, you know, before the wall came down, we didn't have a choice. When it came to soap, we had one thing called soap and that was it. And 
after the wall came down, we got to make decisions about which soap we'd want for ourselves. And, and, they, and they saw this choice, the, the opportunity, which is, by the way, that's all the, the decisions we make are all part of our brand, right? But the ability to have a choice and to choose the thing that's right for you is great. And that's really what branding is about, right? It helps us make decisions among seemingly similar things. And, and so uh, it was really, it was, you know, I talk about these light bulb moments, right? You kind of capture them as you go through life. That was a major light bulb moment for me is when you, when you didn't have the opportunity to see variety and, and, um, uh, and then you do, you, 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 you can so much more embrace the power of branding. So, so my definition for a brand is it's your unique promise to value unique because it's only available from you a promise because you commit to delivering it every single day and everything you do. And it has value to a specific audience, right? The value is not determined by you. It's determined by the people you seek to influence and impact. And so, so that's really what my definition of branding is. And, and that unique piece, it's the very first word in the definition, right? It, it's really about, and every person is unique. We know that. No two people have the same DNA. No two people have the same life experiences. And, and that's the value. And I'll say one last thing, because I know I'm going, going down a path here. But um, the, the, all of the technology that's entering the workforce is the single best thing that's happening to us. So there are a lot of people afraid of it, like, like, right? Artificial intelligence now can fill out a tax form. So what do we need accountants for, right? And, and so a lot of people are afraid of this technology. This technology entering the workforce gives us more permission to be human because the only thing that robots and, and, and virtual reality and, and data science and all of that stuff, the only thing that they can't do is build relationships is think creatively, is deliver on strategy. And, and so, so our day has come to, to bring our true human unique selves to work thanks to all this technology. It's ironic that the technology is making business more human, but it is. This is so inspirational, William, that I don't know where to start. I'm taking things down. This is well, that's okay. Like that's because I said too much stuff before I let you get a word in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This is beyond educational, and I am learning a ton from you. I loved it when you said that no human being is similar to anyone else. I began reading your amazing book, Ditch Dare Do. I love the metaphor with a snowflake. They may look alike, but you don't find any that are the same. And I also found in your book something that was funny, interesting at the same time. Uh, there are people that don't believe in personal branding. And uh, someone said that it is for uh, cattle. And then in my mind thought, okay, if it's a business cattle, then... Uh, <laughs> It's definitely, but what do you think about these people that don't, I think they don't understand yet what you are trying to, to do with branding. What is your take on this? Yeah, you, you know, actually, I, I think, um, I, I don't, I, I don't know why people don't get it, right? But some people don't, and that's fine. And I don't know the why behind it. And I also think that there's some comfort in, in conformity. 
And so I think for some people, if we say to them, you know, here, you, you got to figure out what your brand is and you got to live your brand every day and you need to be thinking about your, your life purpose and all this. For some people, that might just be something too, too challenging or, you know, there's just some kind of wall up for them. And they're, they're not the people, frankly, that I spend my time trying to convince. Um, I, I spend my time with people who really, you know, they're, they're committed to, to bringing their full authentic selves to, to, to the world every day. Uh, and there are enough of those people, right? I, I also think it's good to have um, like everything in life. It is, it is good to have people who don't agree with you. If everyone agrees with you, your, your message is kind of wishy-washy, right? It's beige. You know, no one, no one gets all upset about beige. No one gets all excited about beige. It's just average, right? But, but when, when, when something does have a little bit of controversy or, or there are differing opinions, um, it, it's because it does have some kind of meaning and some kind of power. So I'm okay with contrarians. Um, they really help get the message out. And, and when you have a contrarian, it's so much easier to make your point and, and to share your point of view, knowing, by the way, that not everyone's going to agree with it. Um, one of the biggest things I, I learned in branding, and, and you know, I spent most of my career in corporate branding before I, I, I jumped off uh, to do personal branding. And, and one of the things that I learned is that, that strong brands often repel as many people as they attract, right? It's, if you try to please everyone, you're probably not going to upset anybody, but you're not going to excite anybody either. So you need to be willing to take a stand and um, and think of the strongest brands in the world. Um, even I don't know I don't know if, if Oprah is uh, is Oprah Oprah Winfrey known in your part of the world? Do yeah, you know? she is. Yeah, she is. yeah. And I and I'm I'm the I, I tell everyone this. I'm one of the world's biggest fans of Oprah. I just love it. She's all about empathy and and you know when when all these other talk show hosts were exploiting their guests she's hugging hers and being really thoughtful and um and what i learned is that there are people who hate oprah right if you google i hate oprah a whole bunch of stuff comes up so so you know I, uh, she's not super controversial she's incredibly warm and empathic and whatnot yet there's a whole community of people who don't like her so we have to be comfortable with the fact that if we are going to be true to our brands that not everyone is going to agree with us and that's totally okay Oh, definitely. Thank you for mentioning this. And indeed, getting into branding, as I have tested on myself and with several other uh, entrepreneurs, it does take a lot of food for thought, a lot of mental activity. And, you know, some people do say that uh, thinking is painful. But I would actually say that it's uh, a lot of fear involved. And that's why I, I myself have specialized in fear when taking decisions. And I wanted to ask you, William, what would you say your journey around fear was? How has fear transformed through the years? Yeah, well, I gotta say, I wish you were around when I, when I started my company because uh, there's a lot of fear. Um, uh, yeah, I, by the way, having someone who can help you uh, deal with fear and fear fear can be a good thing, right? And and it, you can you can use it in in a positive way. And so so being able to work with someone like yourself or, or your disciples who are doing what you do um, to to be able to get past that fear. And, and use it in a positive way, I think is really helpful. For me, um, uh, I, I will tell you, I, I, there were so many areas where I had fear. First of all, 
Um, I did come from a family of entrepreneurs. My, my parents worked for companies. Um, so it was kind of a, you know, I, I didn't, you know, everyone says an entrepreneur often has on, entrepreneurs as parents because, um, you know, they, they've seen how it works and they grew up with that. And it, so, so being an entrepreneur for me was, you know, and, and I was at a point in my career where I was pretty good at what I did and I knew how to do it. And, um, and then you jump off of that and you're like, okay, so I'm starting a business on a topic nobody knows anything about. And I don't even really, you know, get it a hundred percent yet. And I have to find clients now before I just get a paycheck deposited in my bank every month. And I, I mean, so, so there's pretty much every single aspect of being an entrepreneur there wasn't one one thing that didn't create some amount of fear, right? I mean, not paralyzing fear, obviously, because I was able to, to to move forward. But but all of those, I, I think for me, if I, if I had to categorize them, they were all around the unknown. How do I get clients? Never had to do that before. Um, how do I tell the world what I do? How, you know, how, how do I make this transition? How do I how do I make sure I get out of bed every day? And, you know, a reasonable time in the morning and work. And I used to have an alarm and I used to have to arrive at an office. And I mean, all these crazy things that, that you think about. And so I, I would say that fear was um, uh, ever present. And it's still there because, you know what, we need to constantly um, innovate and evolve. And I'm, I'm doing some new stuff now. I told you about, about um, this idea of shining online. How do you deliver powerful presentations and keep people engaged in your you know, 19 inch screen and not, you know, saying, Oh, I'm going to listen to this guy, but I'm going to multitask right now. Right. Uh, because I think I can multitask. Um, I, I think the, the, if, if you're not having some amount of fear, you're probably not pushing yourself. Right. Because it, it, because fear happens when you get outside your comfort zone. So, um, so I, I you have to push yourself outside, right. Uh, networking for a lot of people. And that's a big part of having your own business creates all kinds of, what am I going to talk to these people about? I have to meet all these new people and, and, you know, it's an awkward environment. So yeah, I, I, um, fear, I, I think what you're doing in, in helping people, um, man, like name, manage, um, and, and get past fear is, is, uh, absolutely essential, especially to people who are solopreneurs or entrepreneurs or or even working in some kind of hybrid uh, world where they're working for an organization and maybe they have a side hustle or uh, their own entrepreneurial venture. Thank you so much for mentioning this. Indeed, fear, as you say, it's with us. It's omnipresent. This is how our mind is built. So might as well use it to our advantage. I teach people to ask themselves questions. Whenever we bring a fear into our awareness, just by mentioning it, it kind of disappears. 90% it goes away and then you are going to let your rational mind kick in and you will see solutions. Sometimes even 10 solutions to a problem that you could have thought, okay, I'm not going through this, but when you get to be fully conscious of it, it is such a great solution instead. And I wanted yeah. to ask you, William, what would you say that inspires you most, more than anything else? Oh, that's a really good question. You know, um, uh, I'll tell you what inspires me most, and it's, what, um, it's what's been missing, lacking over the COVID era, and that is talking to people who are passionate about building their brands 
And I, before COVID, every single week, I was on a plane going wherever, doing, doing my mostly keynote speaking, which is most of my work. And, and I would get to talk to people or we do workshops, right? And then you get to really see what's inside people's heads and you, you see the wheels turning and everyone's got, every single person in the world has a, a different story to tell. And, and so it really, and, and, and by the way, sometimes, and now you, you do this on a screen, I have no idea what people are doing with it. I have no idea if they, they get it. You know, I'll tell one of my, you know, my, my big jokes. I know it gets a big laugh and I'll tell it to a screen silence, right? You don't even know, did I, did, did you keep people engaged? So I, I, I think it's, it's knowing that people have done something or are going to do something that's going to make their lives happier, better, more successful, whatever it is. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I was in, um, I was at the, in the lounge, the British Airways lounge, uh, at Heathrow in London. And this is maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago now. And, um, this person came running up to me and she didn't remember my name, but she's like, I saw you at wherever, blah, blah, blah. And I remember the story you told about the woman whose dog ate the heels off her shoe. And, um, and, and it's crazy. Right. And, um, and I, you know, you tell these stories and she said, you know, um, it really, it really, that, that, and you know, the story goes on and on. she said, and I took the message of that story and I brought it to work with me. And I want you to know that ever, since then, everything in, in the way I, I have the same job that I've had and everything about my job has changed because I've, I've just taken that idea. So if I get one of those, like every 10 years, I'm totally like filled with inspiration. Cause you know what? Um, if I can, you know, just impact one person, just a, just a thimble full of, of impact, then that's what inspires me to do the next thing. This is so beautiful. And indeed, human life interaction, I miss it so much. Oh, also. it's awful, yes. right? It's, it's, um, uh, you don't know how, so I used to complain, by the way, when, when you're a public speaker, every public, talk to anyone who's public speaking is their full time job, they will tell you they hate travel. And, and I, and, and by the way, I actually, I, I love airports. I love, airport lounges. I love hotels, but you know, getting to the airport and then to the venue and then all of that stuff is ugly. I never realized how much I loved the stuff that travel allows me to do until it was gone. Right. And, and so, um, again, and not that I, I, I've enjoyed the last two years and it's been miserable for, for a lot of people in the world and I would never wish it. However, um, having that taken away, makes you learn so many things about yourself. And and that's where I've learned that this human, it, it's really the real human interaction and connection is what, um, it's what motivates me and keeps me going. And it's, it's what I'm passionate about. I, I love, I am fascinated by every person, you know, how did they get to the, to, to where they are? Why do they do what they do? And um, so, so yeah, so it kind of makes sense that I work for personal branding, but uh you know, I mean, but I didn't know that. Right. And, and, um, so, so sometimes, you know, even the, the biggest challenges in life give you a gift and, and, you know, my gift is that awareness of, of what really makes me tick. This is beautiful awareness, the gift of awareness, even when things may be challenging, changing outside in a way that we cannot control, 
you get to find some lessons and then move on stronger and more powerful and more enthusiastic. I'm loving your very enthusiastic nature, William. Before we go... <laughs> well, well, thank you. My, my, my boss at that old company didn't, so I appreciate that. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's, that's a great story that I'm going to, to keep with me for a very long, long time. <laughs> Before we go, William, can you please tell us how would you advise that a young person deals with branding so that they not get overwhelmed because you may have seen this everywhere people are on social media nowadays in a very big number we put things out there but then the things that we put out there come back to get us in a way and we feel completely overwhelmed what would you say that someone that's young should focus on first when it comes to their branding yeah, well, so first, of course, and, and this is, again, the missing step, you need to be crystal clear. Who are you? What makes you stand out? And who are the people you're looking to influence? Um, the, the third piece, by the way, is really key. There are a lot of people who put stuff out there, and they're not really targeted at, at their community. So who is that audience? And how, how can you describe them with demographics and psychographics? Where do you reach them? Right? Maybe your, your, your people are all on LinkedIn but you're posting all this stuff to Instagram that has no value for you. So if you get really clear about your audience, it's great. And then never publish anything where the answer to this question is not yes. And the question is, will this be valuable to my target audience? It, it needs to not be about you at all. It needs to allow you to express your point of view and, and deliver it in a way that's authentic to you. But it's really about everyone else. Personal branding, and this is the thing, personal branding sounds really me, 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 me. It's the opposite. Your brand is held in the hearts and minds of those who know you. So you need to be, it's all about how you deliver value to others. That, that is your value is in, in delivering value to others. So if you stay on that focus, um, then you'll start to build a brand with that community and, and you will, you will, um, it, it's not about being, you know, on in social media 10 times a day. It's about being in social media at a cadence that makes sense, but and each time you're there, what you're delivering is powerful and valuable and memorable, right? And that's how you stay top of mind. Wow, beautiful. Thank you for saying this. You're doing this mastermind right now. I'm taking notes, learning so much from you. <laughs> William, I'm sure that the people listening to us and watching us are more than ecstatic to get in touch with you today. How can they get in touch with your books, with your work, with your website? Please tell us. Yeah, I think the easiest thing to do is one thing you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I um, That's my, my primary social media, so you can do that. And williamaruda.com has you know links and information about all kinds of stuff and all kinds of free stuff and fun stuff and um, anything people might want to know. Wonderful. Thank you so much, William. This has been more than inspirational. I'm finding this amazing value that you are putting out there to be life-changing in so many ways because business, obviously, if it's well-coordinated, our lives will be well-coordinated as well. You can have great business without great personal life. So thank you for all that you're doing. 
once again. I'm such a huge fan. This has been a dream of mine. You are making me so happy right now. Uh, such a privilege, such an honor. William, thank you for joining us today. Roxana, you are too kind, and um, I, I appreciate your, your enthusiasm, and you're, you're incredibly good at interviewing, by the way. You're a really, uh, really kind and, and thoughtful way, and you're a great listener, so thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs>